0: your calls about troubles in the hospitality business, and uh, the various aspects of that in just a moment. But first, I am delighted to say that LBC's very excellent Washington correspondent is on the line, Simon Marks. Hello, Simon. Evening, Nick. Now, I'm going to give you a quote. In 2016, I declared, I am your voice. Today, I add, I am your warrior. I am your justice. And for those who have been wronged and betrayed... I am your retribution. Sounds like I'm reading off the poster of a superhero movie, but I'm not, am I? Uh,
1: You are not. You are reading directly uh, the words of former President Donald Trump, Nick, who, of course, was the keynote speaker uh, at the Conservative Political Action Conference in Maryland, uh, which uh, took place this weekend. Uh, I mean, he literally, in this uh, speech, presented himself as the man who is poised to save the world. He said, I am the only <laughs> candidate who can make this promise. I will prevent, and very easily, World War Three. Wow. And in case anybody out there had any doubts uh, about the trajectory... Uh, the, the, the planet has been taking. He then uh, went on to assure the crowd that you're going to have World War Three. By the way, so he absolutely <laughs> placed up I mean, It's good to know, right? I yeah. mean, uh, uh, you know, in passing. Uh, so he absolutely presented himself quite literally uh, as the man who, the only man, uniquely qualified. Uh, to save us all from nuclear Armageddon, which on the one hand is very generous of him, but on the other hand is also perhaps just a touch delusional. But, you know, he made headway at this CPAC conference, uh, and that was partly because he gained it going into it. He made sure uh, that the vast majority of speakers, delegates, attendees, and all the sponsors of the conference... Were absolutely lined up behind uh, behind him personally uh, and his maga vision make America great again uh, as he continues campaigning for a return to the White House. Uh, the only other candidates speaking all Uh, acted with tremendous caution uh, as they did everything they could to tiptoe around the issue of Donald Trump. I mean, we had Nikki Haley, the former governor of South Carolina, again suggesting that there should be a mental competency test for all candidates over the age of 75. Well, Donald Trump, very conveniently, is 76, but she insists that she's much more concerned with the 80-year-old currently in the White House than with uh, with his predecessor, former Secretary of State Mike Pompeo made a speech uh, in which he urged delegates, uh, as he put it, uh, to avoid celebrity leaders with fragile egos who refuse to acknowledge reality. Uh, (laughs) But he didn't go on to describe specifically who he meant by that, uh, leaving those in the crowd to draw their own conclusions. By the time this whole thing was over and Trump's speech was extremely dark, I mean, there were echoes of the uh, American carnage speech that he made when he was first inaugurated uh, as president uh, of the United States. He insists that, you know, the country is uh, flirting uh, with uh, dissolution in essence. Uh, blaming the left, but also blaming uh, the Republican Party, uh, the former leaders of the Republican Party uh, themselves. He called his predecessors uh, in the Republican Party's kind of top slot, its presidential nomination battle, as freaks, neocons, globalists, open border zealots and fools. Uh, And he said uh, that they had led the party down the wrong path and what Americans really wanted was... His brand of America First. Well, by the time this was all over and they held the straw poll of delegates uh, to uh, give an indication of who the people at the conference thought should be the next presidential nominee for the Republican Party, Trump walked it. Sixty percent of the delegates backed him. Uh, the second placed name, that of Governor Ron DeSantis, who boycotted the conference, Did he? only twenty percent of the delegates there. Uh, chose DeSantis huh. uh, and Trump is and Trump is now planning to, to head off in the next few days and campaign in Iowa so he's absolutely serenely exhibiting confidence and insisted in interviews with reporters before he made his speech that even if he is criminally indicted which is obviously now a looming possibility he will not abandon the presidential race.
0: I thought that his grip on the party was slipping, but I guess that's been overstated.
1: Well, I think it is slipping. There's no question about that. Um, And these are very early days, uh, because remember, there's only a handful of declared candidates, and we're all waiting to see what men like Governor Ron DeSantis of Florida do, uh, Senator um, uh, Tim Scott of South Carolina, uh, former Vice President Mike Pence, and others But if you look at the kind of poll of polls of likely primary uh, voters on the Republican side, Donald Trump is still currently the number one choice. 48% of likely Republican primary voters say they want Trump to be the nominee. Ron DeSantis, before he has declared his candidacy, is second placed with 30%. And Mike Pence is a distant third with 7%. Now, if you do a matchup, head-to-head, a hypothetical match-up between Trump and DeSantis. There are indications in some polling that DeSantis could actually win, but the problem, of course, is that the primary campaign isn't going to be a match-up between just those two men. You're going to have all of these other candidates throwing their hat into the ring and potentially siphoning support away from either. Trump or DeSantis. Um, I I think the conventional wisdom remains that Trump's going to have a pretty complicated path to the nomination, but certainly uh, he is in a stronger position today than most outside observers uh, would have imagined him to be in the immediate aftermath of all those investigations into January the 6th and the ongoing criminal probes that, as I say, he intends, he insists, to ignore, even uh, if he faces criminal indictment, it's not going to obstruct his continuing efforts to win back the keys to the Oval Office.
0: And it is, you're quite right, he's, it really echoes his inauguration address that uh, uh, the American dream is dead speech uh, which um, wasn't it George W Bush turned to uh, yes. I can't remember who it was <laughs> and
1: he said what the hell was that
0: <laughs>
1: yes I think that's right I think he said I think he said it either to Hillary Clinton or Michelle Obama I right think it was Michelle Obama wasn't it well I don't even and I don't think he used the hell word no. I think it might have been stronger than that that's but yet, right. uh, I mean absolutely there were real echoes uh, of uh, that speech in this address um, certainly the darkest speech that he's made since last November when he uh, first announced that he was going to run for another uh, term in office. What was notable also, by the way, about this speech is that for the first time since November, the Fox News channel actually carried some of Trump live. Um, uh-huh. Rupert Murdoch uh, has spoken, we now know this from legal filings, uh, of trying to pivot uh, Fox News away from Trump and uh, explaining to a friend in one email that he sought to make Trump a non-person. Well, last night with Trump making that speech at CPAC, they cut to it live nonetheless.
0: Yeah, we know a lot about uh, what Fox News does in public and what they say in private now yeah. because of the um, exactly. that, that Dominion voting uh, uh, lawsuit that they're currently fighting. Um, let's talk about Joe Biden. Donald Trump said this is the most dangerous time in our country's history and Joe Biden is leading us into oblivion. We have no choice. This is the final battle. If we don't do this, our country will be lost forever. (laughs) He really is ramping up the crazy. But on Joe Biden, he's had a a, a health scare. What, What was that?
1: Yes, he has. I think my favourite quote from the speech was Trump describing the United States as a crime-ridden, filthy communist nightmare. (laughs) And for that, he blames the man that he claims is a communist in the Oval Office, Joe Biden, uh, whom we learnt on Friday uh, back in the middle of February... Uh, unbeknownst to any of us, was taken to Walter Reed Medical Center uh, just outside Washington, D.C., where he had a small skin lesion uh, removed uh, from his chest, I believe. Um, And upon examination, it was discovered to be a basal cell carcinoma. Uh, So, I mean, it is reasonable, therefore, to conclude that Joe Biden uh, had a, a, what the doctors say is a minor case of skin cancer, uh, they say that it's perfectly normal in people of this age to find themselves with these small skin lesions that turn out to be cancerous. They removed it out of an abundance of caution because those lesions, as I'm sure we all know, have the potential to spread and to grow. And so they wanted to uh, uh, get rid of it and, and have a look at it and see exactly what it was. Um, Look, I mean, it seems pretty clear from at least what the White House position is saying that there is no particular reason to believe uh, that this poses a significant threat uh, to Joe Biden's health. They say they're going to continue watching it and continue uh, recommending that he, uh, he takes precautionary measures in terms of how much access he gets to the sun and things like that. But it does underscore that at the age of 80, Joe Biden is already America's oldest serving president in history. And if he does run for reelection next November, November of next year, then by the time he leaves office, he will be 86 years old. Now, it still looks like he's planning to announce a reelection bid. Uh, the first lady, uh, his wife, Jill Biden, Gave an interview to CNN uh, last week uh, saying that uh, she fully backs uh, the decision and indicating that the decision was, again, that Joe Biden intends to run. Uh, history would suggest he'll announce his candidacy sometime in April. He's under some pressure from some Democrats to do it earlier than that because, uh, you know, some of them need to make some plans if he isn't going to run because they'll seek uh, to mount uh, primary challenges to Kamala Harris, the vice president of the United States. But all the indications are he's going to run and his age and his health will definitely be an issue in this campaign. And uh, I suppose that's sort of slightly underscored by the news that we got on Friday of that basal cell carcinoma.
0: And just finally, let's talk about uh, Jack Daniels. You know, from their posters, I, I enjoy their uh, adverts. It looks like uh, you know a couple of uh, good old boys uh, are uh, you know having a folksy old time and uh, conducting their business on a horse and cart. But that's not that's not really <laughs> what it's like, is it?
1: Well, certainly not if you happen to be living in Lincoln County in Tennessee, uh, where Jack Daniels has built a new uh, distillery and barreling uh, factory. And unfortunately for all concerned, uh, this small town uh, of 35,000 people in the south of the state is now blanketed with something called whiskey fungus. I mean, I have to say, I've never heard of this before. But maybe, maybe folks up in uh, up in uh, the Highlands are, are familiar with it. But uh, this is some kind of fungus that is created by um, the ethanol that is released from the plant as the uh, distillery operation is taking place. Uh, they call it, uh, I believe, the angel's share of yeah. the whiskey because it just drifts off up into the heavens. Mm. Uh, but it has turned this small town into a, a magnet for this dark, sticky, thick fungus yeah. that is sticking to trees, to plants, even in some pictures, to, uh, to uh, street signs. Uh, so Jack Daniels is being urged to... To, uh, first of all, they've kind of they they've, they've stopped uh, production there while they try to figure out how they can control this. But they say the company that they're working with the local authorities uh, to make sure that all applicable uh, environmental standards are, uh, are being respected in the plant. But um, yes, it certainly does run a touch counter mm. uh, to those uh, very homespun ads that yes. you sometimes see for the for the hooch.
0: Some of the pictures are really quite alarming. I mean, people's houses have gone black
1: yeah literally absolutely black encased in the stuff and they they uh, could yeah. um
0: they they could perhaps uh, console themselves with a drink but i believe that county <laughs> is dry isn't it <laughs> is that right i haven't seen I that i think that? i think that's true <laughs> yeah, uh, was, at least that's what the their adver- the that, yeah that's what their adverts say the, you you can um <laughs> y- you can uh, make it there but you can't drink it there Well, they're probably all in the woods
1: creating moonshine. Maybe that's contributing to whiskey fungus as well. Who knows?
0: Right. Good to talk to you, Simon, as always. Simon Marks, LBC's Washington correspondent.